Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. And this week we have on a dear friend of mine who I know is Walker, uh, which is not her real name, but it's it's the moniker that I initially met her by, so it's <laughs> all I can call her. Do you ever like make an internet friend and then like you meet them in real life for the first time and they've like always gone by like just like not clearly their name? Yes. And then you're like, oh wait, you have you have a name though, but I'm going to call you your weird <laughs> username for the rest of your life is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, like, profoundly upset when people change their avatars on Twitter because, as far as I'm concerned, like, that's you. Uh, even if I've met you, even if we've had extended in-person interactions, that's what you look like. So don't change that. What are you doing? Are you saying that you're upset every time I change my avatar on, on like, Twitter to affect uh, the seasons? I mean, Vic, well, no, I mean, you can change your hat or something. That's okay. not going to freak me out. It's like, but if the, if the colors tra- change dramatically is the main thing. Like, if it's totally different colors, then it throws me off for, like, a week. This is good good to know and i will use this knowledge against you no i'm kidding you have a set character design and i just need everybody to stick to that (laughs) but she came on to talk about sort of a really specific practice that she's very passionate about which is teaching animation specifically to like an age group of like a young adult sort of age group she i think she Mm -hmm. defines it as about like age 9 to 14 but really being able to like teach kids at this like very formative time in their life uh this art form and Mm -hmm. it was a conversation that went a lot of different places and it was just like mainly my main takeaway was that just that it was delightful i mean it's always delightful to listen to people get like really really into a practice that they are clearly in love with it was just great to listen to walker's like joy in her uh profession basically yeah we will forgive her for her topic not being walker texas ranger which would have had a lovely (laughs) symmetry to it um because she's clearly so passionate about what she does and and it is interesting that by total coincidence both of us studied animation in school even though that's not what we do now it provided like a really cool conversation and like a lot of different perspectives not just about like animation but just like learning in general and what role that plays in people's lives so i mean hopefully listening to this conversation for a lot of people who may listen who think they're too old to learn things maybe they'll still learn something um but we'll stop talking about the conversation you're about to hear and instead let you listen to the conversation you're about (laughs) to hear Thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what we're going to have you do, uh, if you can just introduce yourself and you can talk a little bit about like who you are and what you do and then um, introduce the topic that you brought to talk about. So hello, my name is Valeska. I'm a Brazilian illustrator, scriptwriter and art teacher. And I teach drawing and animation for kids aged 9 to 14 with a few exceptions because I can seem to turn them around so I'll just keep teaching them sometimes. Today I just thought that it would be nice to talk a little bit about teaching animation in general especially for kids and how I'm really passionate about it and how I feel like animation in general can help them grow as people, as artists and just understand the world a little better. 
I can give the context on how did I get here. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be my question. Okay, so once I finished my first actual animation course as a student, I was right away drafted to be a teacher in a really big local institution. And I had the opportunity for about two years to teach, I don't know, every kind of age actually, but mostly focused on young adults, teenagers, and sometimes older adults up to 60, 70 years old. We would focus on animation and drawing and the classes were really long and I just had like a crash course on teaching and for about two years that was my life and it turns out I really enjoy teaching animation and especially as an introduction to um, art in general some people have no idea what they want to do in it and just being able to show them like a little bit of everything is great and then once I figure out where my interest is like especially in then I moved on to a new company where I just assumed pretty much the entire like program and I wrote all the classes it's where I'm currently on and we focus on kids 9 to 14 years old and it's so much fun the chance to talk about it it's nice for me because I feel like especially with teaching it's kind of like when people have a young child or like a new pet and they talk about it so much <laughs> and everyone is kind of like oh yeah that's nice for like 5 minutes and then after they're just like oh no it's just going to talk about her classes again <laughs> like oh no please don't come show your wallet of pictures and drawings from your students again <laughs> i just want to nerd out about it i want to talk like why i like it so much and this opportunity is great and i'm really really thankful for you guys having yeah. me on here <laughs> yeah like what is it specifically about the age group that really gets you excited about it mostly it is a very troubling time for kids i'm sure everyone remembers like middle school <laughs> and how much um, groups start being a thing and how you need to get better at expressing yourself and choosing interests and just it's very like full of stuff time and a lot of parents start like shoving kids in all sort of courses and they don't really try to think about what they want and if they are prepared to deal with like all the pressure that comes ahead with high school and you know life <laughs> so especially with these groups I feel like they have such a need to find a way to express themselves and at the same time find value and something that they are confident about doing. Like if they are interested in drawing, they really, really enjoy being able to improve it. And if they are interested in technology, they really feel more capable once they start understanding it better. I just feel like it's a huge confident boost like for them. The way that they develop is so much quicker than sometimes the older students just because they are so in such an age where they can focus on stuff and really like give their all so I don't know it's just really exciting to me like seeing them like flourish as people and just really have the time to put in in the technical side and also in the growth like as a person side can you talk a little bit about just in general what you teach in these classes like what aspects of animation or how do, how do you introduce them to these concepts like I studied animation in school so I know a little bit about it but maybe sort of for people who don't who don't know anything about that and wouldn't know what to expect of course so we usually start with the basics of drawing so just checking how they are doing with proportions and observational drawing and 
usually understanding the tools and we start mostly with like traditional drawing because that's where they have like first the most questions and most interest and sometimes the impulse to, to like learn how to draw comes from simply I don't know I want to be able to draw like a, an anime eye which I always say <laughs> it's like the main first class that they want to do like how do I draw an anime eye and, <laughs> and then from there we we start with creating characters and focusing a little bit on anatomy and how to draw that and then up to what really goes into animation which is experimenting with different kind of materials and then just storytelling composition we go up like to full films we teach them like a digital drawing and then how to do storyboards and then how to make movies and then how to animate physically on like a mostly accessible program that they can have at home as well they truly get like a full like from zero to 100 kind yeah. of course in there and it's amazing because they're really fast at it so sometimes I like surprise myself with the amount of content that I can get through with them like it's really satisfying to see them able to like learn so much so quickly and then mature as to come back like from to the beginning and see like okay I learned the basics of this part now I want to get better at it like focusing on it I think it's like one of the biggest um, points of this experience in general I want them to be able to experience many parts of animation and see where and there they can like find their strengths because there's so much about learning animation that is about self-discovery and knowing I don't know I'm a more organized person so I rather focus on I don't know rigging or maybe I really want to supervise other people when working groups so I rather go to a director kind of standpoint so just mm -hmm. giving them the overlook to all these options that are existing animation, I feel like that's the strongest part that we can do for them at this age, of course. And then, depending where they fall, sometimes they need a little bit more time drawing. Sometimes they want to go straight up to the digital. Some people, like some kids, are so into editing that it's just wild to me. Like they just want to sit down and like cut stuff and paste, and they just just do it. And I'm like, really? Like you have some sort of strength that I never found in myself. <laughs> it's so interesting because like I, I studied animation as well but I didn't really start studying those kinds of principles till I got into college and I'm like trying to like think about how useful it would have been to start learning that at an age where like you pick up things so much quicker and it becomes a part of your development I don't have a question off of the end of this <laughs> I think I'm just thinking about like how amazing it is that you are you're really getting kids at a moment where they have the most ability to attach to something like that. That is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about it because I think we it's like it's usual for us to just think about our own experiences regarding that and overall when I was growing up like learning arts in general I didn't have anywhere to turn to. I had a few courses that were free that I could do on my own time but we didn't even have like internet in my time. So <laughs> I was like teaching I, I, you know those little books that they sell in the in the bookstores like how to draw I don't know how to draw oh, the human yeah. figure yeah. Or, or that was like the full extent of my drawing courses when I was in middle school so <laughs> to be able to provide that is truly like really really nice and I just feel like I hope 
that it can help them in the future because that's interesting like in the sense that I won't be able to see the results of what I'm doing for about like 20 years that's what I know that I don't know how many animators I'm graduating from my little course I don't know how many directors or how many writers are coming out of our classes but I do know that even if they don't pursue anything in arts like the kind of abilities that they're learning in those classes I truly believe that they help them like in all other aspects of their life so that's where I really like I not only gotta believe it to be able to live it like in my daily life but I truly truly believe it and I see it helping them like already in their daily lives I see them like improving their classes and regular classes and getting more interested in science in physics and literature in general they create better stories they have more time for the characters and they just truly are able to connect the sort of stuff that sometimes in school they don't really understand why they're learning and when they are in animation they see oh okay so if I want to do this to look more realistic I need to be able to understand the structure of the scene so when I'm talking about plant kinds um, and the many kinds of trees that I can see oh that's why I can use this sort of knowledge it's really good like to see them able to do that and how it goes back to their day-to-day -day lives so we know how you got into teaching how did you get into animation when you were younger after after so you you obviously got interested in drawing and started teaching yourself can you talk a little bit more about how you became interested well I've I've been through a lot in sort of like discovering my path in art and I feel like that's a common experience for most people who you know we we go through some stuff and then we find where we truly want to focus in and I did like a lot of comics and I wrote like comics since I was in middle school like especially in high school and especially online like you know the Vintar days I would have like 300 pages of comics just making them in my free time and that truly got me into writing and on focusing on composition and like story rhythm and stuff so I feel like animation was more of a natural step after that I just never had the resources and stuff to be able to learn them so when I was a bit older when I got into college I didn't go to animation school because we didn't have like a special specialized animation course here since I think 2014 might be like the first course and, uh, and then I already was in college so I went to a regular like visual arts college and over there we had the chance to experiment with a lot of things and I got a little bit frustrated because I was more of a design person more than you know just painting and, and stuff that we were doing in college and I started researching stuff in my own time and since I was already doing comics and digital painting for a while I feel like once I found the tools to do animation I just like flung myself into it fully <laughs> and in about two years I already like read all the animation books that I had in my local library and I did online courses and I found like a lot of free content and just animated a whole lot and got really close with the principles and stuff just to really get it and I just feel like once I understood the basics I was able to truly put this content forward because a lot of people get in trouble because especially here in Brazil we don't have pretty much any materials in Portuguese so we have like one translated book that's it 
And then once I saw that and started like teaching my friends and stuff, just the basics of it, I realized how much of a powerful tool that was. And then a few, about a couple years later, after doing it a lot on my own, I've got the opportunity to learn um, like at an actual course. I don't know how to explain this, but our local government, they had a program for being able to teach new and upcoming professions for people in general. And they had this one special one-year course that had like four hours of class per day and it was focused on drawing and animation so I was so lucky because I've been like studying on my own for a long time and when I had the opportunity to be in a group that really was into it and enjoying and studying it every day I just like found myself <laughs> so I went ahead and and did I think I don't know 400 hours I think of um <laughs> of like focusing on animation in this course and as soon as I graduated they they offered me the job and I was like yes please let me do this <laughs> because I was so used to like teaching other people what I just had learned and like moving forward and studying it myself that preparing classes and making content was really easy after that and I always had this impulse of I, I tend to study through talking so I feel like I learn more when I'm teaching other people if that makes sense. What's the difference for you? I don't want to say like in terms of satisfaction, but like, do you get something different out of just like animating yourself and or like creating with a team versus like what you get out of like teaching others? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I just feel like we tend to think of making art in general as a very individual thing. And in animation especially, that is a different kind of prospect because you have to consider the team that you're working on. Like you can sit down and animate a scene and maybe sometimes if you're more into um, storyboarding, then you can work with a bigger group. But once you're sitting down, you're just doing like by yourself and then you have to consider other people. But when you're teaching, it is true like a team effort because I'm solving the same kind of problems they're going through and we are building this animation or whatever we're working on together and I feel like that is much more closer to what I enjoy like making in art than when I'm doing it by myself. I'm, I have a big tendency of like just call my friends and like be closer to people when I'm drawing because I need to voice out my thoughts. So <laughs> when I'm teaching, it is like it just comes very naturally to sit down and then they ask me questions. Oh, should I do this or this? Or can I just like point out and what you should do in this this aspect? And it's really nice. Like it, it gives me a nice flow and I just feel like I, I'm able to develop myself more as an artist when I'm like able to draw and mixed up with other people and teaching I feel like is just kind of an extension of that yeah oh that's really cool it, it, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of I have a friend of mine who's a metalsmith and she says the same thing about the difference but for her between like jewelry and like knife making because like to her it's all just metal it's really cool that like I feel like you have a very similar reaction of like it's still you're still making art even if you're teaching like it's still the same process but a different application of it and that's just really cool to me and I'm just having this moment of like, oh, I love that. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I feel I, 
like I, I got flushed like thinking about it because I'm so happy with it and I just sometimes my students even like they come up to ask me like oh but you never talk about what stuff that you make and you never talk about your projects because I'm so like involved in what they are making <laughs> that mm -hmm. I, I kind of like forget myself because it's just like wonderful to see like their development and how they go about stuff and how they like learn how to solve problems and how they got confident on like they get confident on making certain things and I, I just I, I don't know I just feel like teaching is much more fulfilling to me sometimes than just making my own stuff of course I love like sitting down getting down to projects I also work like in other stuff but when I'm teaching specifically I just feel like it is more of I don't know a process over result kind of thing I just feel like in general teachers my family has a lot of teachers like I think almost all my aunts from my dad's side are teachers so <laughs> I'm not really used to it we just like truly like sit down parent style and just talk about our class and, and our students and how that like helps us out to do with stuff as well like I have more patience right now as a teacher than I ever had as just a regular artist because <laughs> I learned how to be able to understand that people have different rhythms of learning of making things and that I need to sometimes explain in another way and find alternatives to how we go about things so I don't know I just feel like there's a really cool process in explaining something and then getting the person to truly get it and then apply it to their work you know that's the sort of stuff that really really makes it <laughs> yeah so do you feel like you understand things better for your own work after you've explained them to someone else like or have your your students ever explained something or, or understood something in a way that helped you understand it oh yeah of course like they do it all the time i i tend to say like they teach me more much more than i can teach them sometimes they'll point out stuff that i have no idea like how they got there like through the thought process and i'm like <laughs> please lend me your brain but it's <laughs> It's truly, um, I sometimes, I, I tell them, like, I, I am really, like, we have a very, like, horizontal way of le learning because that's the only way that I truly think that we can communicate well. So they know that they can come to me and ask questions and, and truly challenge me on the stuff that I'm talking to them because it needs to make sense and it needs to work. So if I'm, like, mixing stuff up or if sometimes I make a mistake, they, they don't hesitate. And kids, you know, kids, they, they do that. So they, they don't hesitate to like to tell me just like oh no that's that's wrong or I don't think that's correct so sometimes I just have to go about it okay so tell me why you think that and they go through like their thought process with me sometimes they're absolutely correct and sometimes I just gotta ask a little bit more and see if they are misunderstanding something in the process and one thing that I do all the time is like oh so and so told me that a good way to explain this is to say this and they go oh yeah yeah, and then sometimes they don't meet because we have like very tiny classes. We have like four kids max because I already taught like 25 people classes and I hate it. I really rather have like a small group, for, especially for animation, because it's like such an involved process. Then when they don't meet like the colleagues, they usually know the, each other because I, I'm always constantly talking about the other kids. So it's really <laughs> nice. Like sometimes I say, oh, I don't know, Felipe today did that and it was something nice. And 
And then the other kid who never seen Philippi will say, oh yeah, he did that last week as well. You told me. And I'm like, yeah, you're bonding, even though you don't know each other. So, yeah, sometimes they just like come up with crazy ideas and I love it. And usually when I'm either looking at recordings of what I'm doing, I'm able to explain it better or just watching them do the same thing over and over. I can like really tell the ways that I can help them. Like if I really interject and say something at this point of the drawing, they'll have a better time doing it at that point. I just gotta learn the true process on how they are thinking and that varies from a kid to kid. I have kids who are so like meticulous. They really like doing everything correct. They are not able to make any mistakes. They really are attached to just erasing everything and starting over again and they don't like you know keep going at it so I, I gotta do the pressure cooker kind of stuff like no let's try it again okay let's just instead of erasing everything grab another paper and start again or just you know make it faster and try to it, it's okay if you make a mistake that's the kind of teaching that I need for those kids but the other kids who do everything in like five minutes and are not there for making like a little bit more of a finished drawing or maybe some shadows or maybe checking if the timing of animation is better for those ones I have to go back and say no let's go back let's put it in in, in between let's look at it in a, another way let's go again and just improve this quality of line so it really <laughs> depends on the class and then in that sense what I learn with one kind of personality when I'm teaching really helps me apply to the other kinds it's more more than technique it's also dealing with people in general that I feel kids are so honest about how they feel and how they go about life. And it's much easier to pick up what they're putting down and then go back to it. I don't feel like if I arrive in a class with like a ready plan and I already know what I'm saying and I don't change my classes in any way, I'm mostly going to like lose some kids in that sense. I need to make sure that it is like a back and forth sort of process. I just feel like it needs to be, as I said, like, horizontal learning to me it's the most important thing I need to feel that they are comfortable like telling me whatever they need to tell me and truly making stuff with me instead of like making stuff for me you kind of touched on this a little bit with some of your previous answers but what's like the most satisfying thing for you as as a animation teacher like to see either like to see development from your students or or like what are the most like satisfying moments where you're like oh this is why I do this sort of thing oh there are so many um one of my favorite ones is really early on and sometimes you get to see it with like we do like occasional like summer classes with one or two days of teaching so it's really like just right at the start we have a zoopractinoscope which is a very old um tool for animation do you guys know what it is is that one yeah has... yeah i've heard yeah I okay know <laughs> yeah it is a weird, a weird name like over here we never heard of it so sometimes i have to go about it a little more um so we have one of those and just having them make the first trip and then put the strip down and then we have that moment when you look over it and then you don't see the animation happening and then i ask them to as a group go a little bit down and see through the viewer and then they see the animation moving in a completely different way there's all is like a big oh <laughs> it's so nice because they really like it, they get so into it and they're like oh my god it's really moving and I'm like yes it is 
it's so nice. And then when they come after a few months of class, when we start truly getting into character development, they'll bring like from their, we have classes once a week, right? So they'll bring like from home pages and pages of ideas for characters. And oh, and then I wrote a comic and I'm like, oh, really? Then they bring, <laughs> they bring me like 10 pages of comics already drawn just because they were so excited to be able to draw that characters. Each step of the process is so rewarding. When they, oh, when they finish the first movie and they get to edit it because I edit with them like I don't do the work on my own I usually sit down with them and teach them even after effects like whatever I need to use to edit the movies so they are able to put on the credits and put in the title and like render the movie and then they hear the bell for the first time and like watch their finished movie it is so nice like it is so good <laughs> to see them do that and in the end of the year like every year we have like a show that we use the space from a public um, library and art center over here to have like a screening of their movies. So can you imagine like this nine, ten years <laughs> old sitting down in a fully like theater to watch their own movie in the big screen? It is so nice. <laughs> it's truly like they get so emotional and I ask them like to get up and everyone applauds them and every movie has their name and what kind of style that they use to make it and it's just like they truly have the starting an idea to the finishing of it like by the end of the year and it's just like, truly wonderful to see them able to see that because even as professionals like I never seen a movie like that, like any animation that I've seen in like a big screen because usually we send like to far away <laughs> sort of like festivals and stuff to be able to sit down there and watch that I feel like that changes everything sometimes we go on visits to local studios and they really get those starry eyes like oh my god I want to be I don't know what the, the, I have a student that she's like set on on being the, the director of Pixar and she just decided <laughs> that like she just tells me like every class I'm going to direct movies and sometimes she, she decided it's not even animation movies she just wants to be like the new she wants to be the new Michael Bay <laughs> she just <laughs> wants to make it I see so many times that they are not only understanding what I'm saying but they are truly finding themselves in it and that is the most like rewarding yeah I mean it seems like as adults it's it's easy to get distanced from the magic of it i think you know mm -hmm. even even something like using a something more like traditional equipment to have that that more direct connection between these are static drawings oh wait now they're moving or being able to see something on a screen like i think i think it's easy to get bogged down in the process and the work of doing something and forget how magic those those moments are where you get to see a result and what is wonderful to me is just most people don't even think about it like they don't understand what goes into making moving <laughs> pictures in general yeah. and even more in animation so sometimes when the kids are like so proud of what they make and they come to their parents like showing I don't know the stop motion that they made in class and the parents oh it's just like 30 seconds and I'm like oh my god <laughs> you have no idea how, how hard they work for those 30 seconds yeah. and at the same time it's a great lesson like for a kid to be able to understand that you need to to be able to work hard for even such a simple thing and in the end like the reward it is to have made a thing and not only the result I feel like that teaches them such a big lesson regarding investing their time in things sometimes nowadays I feel like an old lady saying that but it's true <laughs> like in the sense like everyone expects to be like just good at it 
Like you start yeah. right away, you want right. to be amazing, you want to like your first animation to win an Oscar. You, you just want it, you know. <laughs> and to understand that it is much more about the kind of stuff that you learn making it. I feel like mm-hmm. that is such a good thing to learn early on because it saves a lot of heartbreak. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I, I just feel like they are more patient with themselves and they truly understand their limits and how they can go about getting over them in a more healthy way. It is a nice thing <laughs> to see them like flourish about it. Yeah, it does seem like our culture is currently very focused on the destination and on getting to the destination as quickly and as dramatically as possible and not so much on the journey, which is the more important part. So it's, it's lovely to hear that there are kids who are so invested in the journey and that you're invested in being there with them. Yeah, I, I just, I feel like it is interesting because it is more public in a sense. Like, they can see it online, they can see people talking about their stuff all the time, but it's always the finished product, or mm-hmm. it is glorified in a way that doesn't truly show, like, the hours and hours of making something. It is always, I always say, like, it's on the, you know, the speed recording? <laughs> it's just like, Sometimes they, they, they truly think like if you want to make a painting, you need to be as fast as a recording that they see on YouTube. And I need to explain to them that, no, that that is just like hours and a full day of hard work just like summed up in one minute. I, I feel like it really needs to be a way for them to deal with failure in a way. Being able to lose, being able to not be the first one and be okay with it. And that makes them not only want to work harder for the things that they want to make because they know that if they do a little a little bit more focus or if they try a little bit harder they can get a better result but also they don't get frustrated if it doesn't turn out the way the idea is originally so in a sense i feel like especially when i see them being more patient with themselves and not berating their own drawings because i hear a lot especially in the start of classes oh i don't like it oh my drawings are bad oh i know i'm gonna mess up and this doesn't look good etc like they are always talking down themselves and it breaks my heart because i keep thinking like they're so young like they have their whole lives ahead of like if you if you hear an 80 year old kid say oh i hate my drawings and i'm never going to be good at it like how that's not fair like that's not fair on them that's not fair on anyone so this sort of pressure i feel like of course it's not not just from youtube or online in general they have this sort of pressure everywhere in their lives and i see like so many kids with full schedules like they have the whole week at school they have regular classes in the morning and then in the afternoon they do sports and then they do english and then they are learning um i don't know how to build robots and they have animation class and they have singing lesson it's just like oh my god like they're 10 years old <laughs> that's mm-hmm. so crazy to me the thing that they don't have like five minutes to be able to make mistakes and be a kid so being able to provide this sort of experience with them like it is really nice and i feel like it helps them deal with some other stuff that's also what I wanted to ask you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to know, like, uh, how about, like, regular art classes when you were growing up? Do you remember them? Like, do you have any, like, experiences, like, going about them? Or do you remember your teachers or stuff that they, like, if you enjoyed them at all? Wow, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've thought about my, like, <laughs> grade school to, like, middle school art classes in a long time. 
I remember art being my favorite subject, and, and I think it was because, it was weird, because especially in grade school, it was very much like, here's the assignment, and it has to, like, fit these requirements. Like, there was one where we had to, like, make a reindeer out of, like, paper or whatever. There had to be, like, a reindeer, and there had to be, like, a present. It was, like, this weirdly, like, checkboxy, like, assignment of, like, mm-hmm. it had to have these elements. And I remember some of those, but I feel like as, as we got older, we were like really pressuring like us to like experiment and like have fun when I got into high school like some of my perfect like some of my teachers in high school were surprised I had done clay pots because they're like they let you do that it's like yeah because we were kids and like (laughs) mess around with some clay and put it in the kiln and see what happens like I think that was like the most exciting thing was like when we really got to do things that like basically we were encouraged to not just like make something but to play and it wasn't so strict about it but like I remember art class I mean like I'm I'm an artist like so like (laughs) clearly it stuck with me but yeah I, I I remember that being like I remember it always being the like oh man today's the day we have art class like that was always the most joyous day of the week oh that's amazing (laughs) yeah I I remember liking art class a lot but I also remember being very frustrated with a lot of it I had a lot of teachers who felt there was a wrong answer to art which I I was always frustrated by and I mean obviously like if you're trying to learn how to do shadows on a 3d object there kind of is a wrong answer you know (laughs) so it's not it's not like that's that's never um an accurate or important thing to learn to, to tell someone like no you need to do this in a different way but you know I, I i remember being extremely angry in first grade that our art class that she would give us a, a coloring page to do instead of letting us draw and that we had to color within the lines that, oh. that was our task mm-hmm. i hated it so much when i was when i was that young <laughs> um <laughs> but then i i started doing a lot of classes outside of school and some of them i didn't like and some of them i did and i had a friend whose mother was um was a potter she made pottery uh just for fun but she was quite accomplished at it and she decided that she was going to teach art classes at her house and it was just like three of us and we would go over there and we would you know play around on her on her potting wheel or she had us make paper once we we shredded fibers and and leaves and stuff and and we're making handmade paper and and she never said there's a wrong answer you know it was sort of here's a technique here's a way that you can do something that I'm going to teach you but then what you do with that information is up to you I think meeting other artists is maybe more influential sometimes than people who teach art because it's very easy for them to think that they have a specific set of things that they have to teach you in a certain Mm -hmm. way and they sort of forget why they enjoyed doing art which is unfortunate you just reminded me of like a very vivid memory and it's it's a bit of a bummer but i promise it like will pitch up at the end (laughs) i have this vivid memory of when i was in high school uh we had like a pottery project or like a ceramics project and i had gotten to that point where i didn't like getting messy so i didn't like using clay at all but i tried to ask like and it was uh like literally it was my senior year we were basically like terrors in the classroom because we were all friends and we were all just like (laughs) messing around half the time but I remember asking if I could use the pottery wheel because I was like I've done the like coil pots I've done the like weird sculpture Mm -hmm. thing that doesn't look like anything and my teacher (laughs) said I don't think you're good enough (gasps) and I was like it's a like and I was genuinely like taken aback because like I had been a teaching assistant for this teacher and I was mm. like like I didn't think that I need like wanted like special privileges or anything but it was like we've worked together in a very like like outside of the classroom we like had an art honors society that I was like the first president of like I helped to set it up and everything and so like 
weirdly enough, that memory has stuck in my head, but but in like the way of like I don't want to ever be that person to someone else. Yeah. Like I I I never want to tell someone that they're not good enough to do something. That's why like it always gets me so frustrated when people say that they're not like you're so talented or oh I could never <laughs> do that. I'm like no, you can learn though. Like you have or like I can see that you have a really good like foundation here. You just need to want to do it and and like you yeah. can go ahead, go mess up, like go mess up and have a fun time and learn mm-hmm. how to make something. You got me. You got me ready to throw hands with this teacher. <laughs> yeah. Like how dare she? Like, oh, truly. Oh, it, it is like the reason I ask because is because I have so many people who are like have those terrible memories of our teachers mm-hmm. or like really like. Fun memories in general of art class, but some teachers like truly <laughs> leave an impact that I just like cannot even under- begin to understand what like comes from it. And mm-hmm. there's also this like stereotype of, you know, art teachers are like failed artists. I like encounter that so many times and people who like look down on my work or sometimes like think that it's somehow a lesser kind of thing to be teaching art, which I just like I can't even begin to understand that kind of thought. Because it is so, I don't know, it's just like, it's so important, like, to be able to understand the process of creating stuff. As you were saying, like, why do you want to do it? And why is it fun? And to be able to, like, truly get to that point with a kid that sometimes have all sort of, like, other stuff that they need to fix, like, in their own life. And they truly need to go through it. And they sometimes are really going through it. To be able to find, like, build this kind of space where they really want to be at and enjoy and create stuff to me that is hard and very very important and to be able to do that is not an easy task and some like of the most accomplished artists that I know have a great way like of teaching they sometimes don't do it as often because you know they really have to set some time for it and it's not easy to prepare all the classes and be able to keep up with the kids and everything but I just feel like it is the sort of experience that everyone should try like at least once you know even in a little scale like in small scale or just like for a while because it really helps you grow and if you're able to make that such like a positive experience for the person you're teaching then you are growing as a person as well you know i don't know it's just like oh it sucks that should do that (laughs) (laughs) well but i mean i think the counterpoint is that you know everybody's go-to i think if you ask them that question is probably going to be art class horror stories of of, you know Mm. sometimes somebody told them oh you're never going to be good at this or stop drawing that anime nonsense because you know you can't get into college if you do or something like that but i think if you go deeper you're talking to somebody who's still doing art which means there was someone who made a difference and it can be like one instance i think you know like one one class that you had with a visiting artist or something or some some tiny piece of encouragement that somebody gave you can be enough for a lifetime in the arts so I think what you're doing is so important because you can be that person for somebody. So no matter how many bad teachers they might have in the future, which hopefully they don't, but maybe they will, <laughs> that, you know, they've still got that. Like you've given them the ammunition that they need to deal with those people. 
and not listen to them. Right. Because I, I think about, too, like later on, like I had professors in college who I not only went to for art advice, I went to for life advice. And like that was a connection that I made because of the type of teacher that they were. The fact that you're able to like reach students at a level like where they're just developing and like just finding their voice like that is man that's awesome i'm like getting emotional <laughs> over here like do, do you see why i'm such a nerd like to talk about it because like sometimes i'm just like you no you don't understand what I'm, like you know I, I just see it like in a daily basis how much in, it impacts them but also i get like direct feedback from the parents right away because parents are complicated and there's all sorts of parents in the world and sometimes <laughs> they really don't look at it like they really don't understand they don't have the patience to talk to, to their kids about it they truly are not interested at all and like just the fact that they're putting them in an art class is sort of like there there you go like go to the thing that you want and that's about like as involved as they get and sometimes I have parents that just like look at their everyday class results and they want to know what they're learning and how they're doing and how they're feeling if they're nervous about it they're truly truly into it and those kinds are the ones that give me the better feedback that I can ever hope for which is like oh yeah my kid is really excited about coming to class or yeah he's drawing all week just to be able to come here or that happens way more often than, I, than it should but they just don't want to leave like we finish class we have one hour and I have classes once a week so it's not a lot like what they can do um, in class so mm. sometimes they just like arrive half an hour earlier and leave half an hour later <laughs> like they, they have they have like one hour and a half of class and one hour extra just like hanging around and asking questions and just sitting and just chatting and telling me about their lives and I have kids also who don't like to draw you know the parents want their kids to be able to find something that they like and spend some time in it and work on a skill and then they will send them to art class but i cannot make sure like that every kid is really really into it so i'll adapt the class as <laughs> as they come and i've got like some kids who really just come from the top for the talk like sitting down sometimes they cry sometimes they tell me about their school week and how stuff is at home and if they saw something that they're excited about and they just want to be able to like sit down and chat with someone who truly like is paying attention you know because I don't understand but a lot of kids get treated like they're not smart enough or I don't know if they're they don't have like the emotional depth to to deal with stuff which is the most absurd thing like they they keep treating me like like I'm stupid or when I try to talk about it, everyone says it's too hard for me to understand. You know, those are the things that we know. Like, kids are super smart. They, they know everything that we know. Like, sometimes they need a little bit more time to understand it or they need a little bit more time to process stuff. But it doesn't mean they're not affected by the day-by-day -day stuff that happens around them, you know? It is truly a matter of, like, getting to know what is the necessity that each kid brings to class. If they need to be more patient, if they want to focus on technical skill if everything is perfect and they just need to learn how to be more focused or if they truly are going through a hard time and they need just someone to chat so this sort of stuff it's it's the kind of feedback that i'm always looking forward to and that it's really like makes me feel like i'm going in the right direction with them it's just like being able to know that either way if it's like on more of a personal level or is a more technical level they truly are getting something from the class 
class and I'm also a coordinator in this course. So we have other three teachers and I also help them deal with stuff and be able to make the classes and I usually line up everything that we are going to talk about. So we have some sort of fixed structure that they can move around depending on the kid. But I try to help them dealing with this sort of stuff as well because it's not easy like when you were teaching you were assuming a kind of responsibility towards other people that is not expected of most people i always say it's, it's kind of like a, having a lot of like younger brothers and sisters <laughs> in the sense that i'm always available to them i'm always thinking about them and i'm always thinking of how i can help them in any way and if they are happy and if they are excited to come to class you know this sort of stuff it doesn't end when you close down like the door and go home it is fully like a 24-hour job and I had kids like contact me I don't know Sunday at 3 p.m like <laughs> hey teach can you help me with this or just you know just hanging around and it leaves an impact in a sense that I feel like I have students that will be my students like for the rest of their lives even if I don't know next year they stop coming to, to class you know that sort of stuff it truly is something that you gotta be prepared to do and I've been working towards getting people ready to do that as well because I cannot carry like everything <laughs> in my bag sure. so I gotta, gotta spread it around <laughs> uh, so this is interesting because typically what we ask people is like if someone was unsure about your topic or like wanted to give it a shot like how would you elevator pitch it uh but your topic is basically like a practice so i guess maybe maybe the better way to phrase that question is like if you had the opportunity to like talk to someone who maybe wants to get into teaching animations like like for this age group what is one thing that you would say to them to ur like urge them to to really give it a go and really and really look at this age group specifically for teaching i feel like the first order of business is getting interested in them as people and then on what they are interested on because a lot of what goes into making classes and understanding the, their language is getting to know the sort of worldview they're coming with. Mm -hmm. So what they're watching and what are they playing and who are they talking to and what are their interests and how they go about dealing with failure and stuff. So getting to know them like in a very honest sense and teaching them with respect because I feel like it is really hard to be able to establish like an honest connection with someone if you're not um, respecting them in like 100%. I feel like that's in, like a teaching advice in general <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really about like learning the language and being able to speak it and each person has that kind of language and the other thing is just be kind like to yourself because no one's going to be like 100% correct all the time and I feel like if you're having <laughs> that's going to be a sound a little bit harsh but if you have the <laughs> audacity of like teaching someone what is right or wrong or how to do something you gotta be able to step back and see that sometimes the way you go about it it's not the way that's going to be the best way for them 
It's more about getting to show them the options and building that skill and that understanding and that interest and seeing how they're going to apply it in a sense that they truly feel like it is their skill and it is their knowledge. I don't feel like I'm handing knowledge to my students in a like silver plate. I'm showing them the like the ingredients to a cake. They can make all sort of stuff with it, but they gotta know like the basic stuff. So once they are able to understand the ingredients and visualize it and see what goes into making them, they can change it into whatever they want. So I'm always focusing on understanding the kind of tools they want and the kind of tools they need and then mixing it together and showing how it is the better way they can build for themselves, the way that they want to understand the content that they yeah no i love that i love that ingredients to a cake like <laughs> metaphor that's really that's really powerful i have kids who want just pancakes and some kids <laughs> just want naruto you know it's just like it's wild <laughs> um oh something that i didn't talk about but it's always like something that is i don't know I'm, I'm i'm starting to look into it and see if there's something on that like you know i have a hint that might be interesting but i don't know where it's taking me to but i have a lot of neurodiversity divergent students. I have a lot of students who go, I don't know, students with anxiety, depression, and I have students with anxiety disorders in general. I don't know the name of English. ADD, I guess. ADD? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a lot of students with ADD age and autism and I don't know, just like a bunch of neurodivergent students, which I also am. So I'm like, oh, I, I feel like there's a connection in there. And I don't know. I just feel like the mix of technology and being able to tell their own stories and create characters it's such like a strong appeal and i never like we never market the course to like a specific kind of student but i we get a lot of them so i'm starting to like i'm also a researcher in in the area like i'm always writing about education and, and stuff so i'm starting to think about it like what goes into it that really goes i think it's the mix of like being able to learn a physical skill and focus like high focus on that and also have to have this human connection of like talking through stuff and explaining the way they're thinking and I don't know there's something in there that I'm really excited about and I'm that's the sort of stuff that I'm like starting to research a little bit further because I see that in my students like a hundred percent of the time they're really special kids and I'm really excited about it We usually do like a hypothetical question, but I feel like this topic is a little bit different. So I have a, a slightly different question, I think. I, I think there's maybe two two ways you can answer this question. So I think it's however you choose to answer it. What do you hope to get out of having done these classes in the future? Like either for yourself in terms of maybe um, expanding them or having it help your career or when you think about your students, is there a fantasy of, of what they would accomplish because of the classes of what they might go on to do that you think about? I think for them in general, I hope more than a fond memory, it becomes like a set of tools that they can use. I always say that it doesn't matter where they go, they're going to be able to use it because it truly is like life building skills, you know? They're able to communicate better, they're able to organize their ideas, and they are able to understand what they want and truly follow up with something that they intend on doing. So this sort of stuff, it goes 
much beyond like staying on arts or staying working with animation. I would love to see like a full studio <laughs> made of future <laughs> students, but I also I would be happy to know that just like one of them truly stuck with it and and really went like after learning all of it, really saw in that something that was important for them. I always know that it's going to take a long time until I see like what that means for them, but in a shorter sense, I really hope it's a more like personal impact in their art development it's more of they know what they want on what they don't want which i think it's like one of the hardest things to learn i took a long time to find animation and find teaching animation and if i knew that i wanted that much earlier i would be able to make choices that would bring me to be like a stronger professional nowadays not that i'm not like investing in it but in a sense that i know that if i had the opportunity to discover that sooner i could like get on with it a little bit Like easier you know yeah. and especially the way that education and animation works nowadays a lot of people feel like they start too late which i don't believe in that because i truly feel like you can start anytime but a lot of people feel like oh i wasted so much time doing so and so and i could have just like got it with it you know So being able to show them those opportunities early on so they truly make like a conscious decision of like, I truly want to stick with it or I don't. I feel like, I hope at least that um, it helps them make more informed decisions in the future regarding where they want to go and what they want to do and also the sort of place they want to be and what works better with their own personality because I have kids who are like straight up writing scripts and they knew they want to do that and I have kids who love storyboarding and I have kids who love character design and they know that at like 11 12 years old so they fully can like change their mind anytime they want because they truly have a lot of time until they have to even think about it professionally you know for them to be able to find those skills really early on that is what I can see like straight up being rewarding for them and active in the real world and for me I just I want to keep teaching and I want to keep reaching more kids and being able to find kids with all sort of like living conditions that sometimes don't allow them to have time for art and be able to provide them with that, those classes. We currently have like scholarships and we have like a few free classes that we are able to provide. But as the school is really small, we are not still like on that path yet. Mm -hmm. But at least we are like we are starting to learn, look for sponsors and stuff. And one of my hopes for the future is that we can offer like fully free classes for all our students and be able to like have sad courses and stuff that we can apply on like regular school so they can have one or two months a year where they, where they can experience the studies and we are working towards that like I am grateful for the team we are building and I truly believe in it so in a sense like I know that I want to keep studying it and I want to keep researching the subject so I can become a better teacher and teach other teachers how to do it as well because we have been working really hard to be able to graduate people into being animation teachers because that's a really like it is a hard market to find <laughs> we have a lot of animators and we have a lot of like specialized people but animation teachers it is like truly like 
it's something that it takes a lot of someone. Like you gotta put in the time, you gotta learn, you gotta have the patience and we don't have enough people. So we are always like teaching people how to teach, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like absolutely something that I want to keep doing and I want to get better at. So not only teaching regular classes with those, like testing those abilities, I want to like keep researching it and finding methods to train people how to do it better. And, you know, follow up on the kids and see how they're doing, how that truly helps them or not, you know. I never know. Like maybe it doesn't. I don't. I, I gotta. I gotta really put in the time to wait for it. Well, Walker, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us. Like your passion is like truly inspiring, oh, and thank, thank you, you for just like sharing it with with both of us and with with our listeners. Yeah. It was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I as I said, I'm like it's puppies and babies and teachers. It's just all the time. <laughs> um, uh, it's really something that I love talking. about about it and I love writing about it I'm always like searching for stuff to learn more and I'm really really grateful to be able to share like stuff about it so where can people uh, like find you online uh, on social media or do you have like any projects that you want to plug this is your space so please feel free to use it if you want to see drawings from my kids pretty much every day (laughs) I have an Instagram it's at walker it's w-a-a-l-k-r and I have like in my stories Everyone that follows me knows like every drawing that they make and everything they are accomplishing. I'm always sharing in there. And I also have my personal work in there. And I also have a Twitter, but it's more personal work in there, which is also Walker, but it's underline Walker because someone stole my domain. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much yeah, again. This you. is great. Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, you can always hit us up there or via our email, which is guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com or fly to Brazil, take an animation class and invite us to the screening of a short film about your thoughts. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts like Norman8S did. Thank you so much for your very kind review or on the service of your choice. And if you like the show, tell a friend or take the opportunity to teach someone about our podcast. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy.